0: Hey, and welcome to episode 47 of the Size Up by National Fire Radio. Because what you do off the job matters, right? It, it definitely does matter. And today, <laughs> this is 47 episodes in. I probably said this before, but this by far has to be the wildest episode yet to record with the wildest guest that. None of you probably know, which is even the, the better part about it, right? Like, you know, I've had I've had some famous folks on the podcast, like out in the world. I've had some some famous folks in the fire service. I've had some folks that you know run businesses in the fire service and have lots of social media followers and blue checks. And uh, the guy that I'm interviewing today does not have any of that, but what he has is what i could describe probably as a i'm not not gonna oh maybe like he's got a large set of balls because he actually had reached out to me a long time ago in this totally random facebook message and he has the most amazing name ever so without further ado robert paparo welcome to the size up
1: thank you thank you for having me how was Uh, he i thought
0: i thought you you would say thank you for having me robert paparo
1: thank you for having me robert paparo (laughs) i mean we we do share a uh, unique uh, coincidence
0: so it, it, like one of the most unique coincidences for so for the listeners out there that just listen to pip on the size up every week and have no idea who i really am my real name is robert paparo given to me at birth uh when i was much younger i was known as robbie to my family Um, Then around the sixth grade, I told my parents that I didn't want to be called Robbie anymore because it was for little kids and I wanted to be called Rob. Um, So then I adopted the moniker of Rob for uh, a while. Uh, Not really not that long, but if you knew me from being little, like a lot of the guys I work with do, um, they call me Robbie. I have Robbie, I have Rob. And then uh, when I was in high school, my freshman year, first class algebra brother Francis Chinnery said that he taught my brother and he called him Pip. So from now on, I will be called Pip. And that pretty much stuck till now. Um, so I started the whole 555 thing and social media and Facebook was happening. And I we can't figure out the year that this probably was a
1: while ago. It was yeah. a really long time ago. It was in the yeah. early stages of everything, That's right? So it had to be around... I'd say 2012,
0: maybe. No, so, so 555 was, it started in 2013. Uh And then okay, like so. Facebook Messenger, let's say, came around like 14 or 15. So I'd say right around 15, let's say.
1: Okay. Yeah, that would make sense actually, yeah.
0: But one day I, I got a Facebook message from what I thought was myself because it said Robert Papara. <laughs> and then that's where the kind of the big balls came out because do you go by Rob or do you go by Pip? What do you actually go by?
1: So at uh, so in the firehouse and wherever I'm working, uh, I work for a uh, a uh, a safety consulting company uh, that does technical rescue. Everybody calls me Pip Pippi. Uh, I got Rob. Uh, my parents call me Bobby.
0: Oh, I'm not so, a Bob. I am not a Bob. Yeah, I'm a, uh,
1: yeah. Some of my old friends back from elementary school. Uh, and and in high school they'll call me Bobby, uh, and everybody else knows me as Pip.
0: <laughs> it's so fucking hysterical! I'm just gonna say this right. <laughs> like so, so what happened was was Pip sent me a message on Facebook and was basically like, as I recall, the message going like, "Hey man, I'm tired of getting messages for you. Could you please stop being big on Facebook?" Right? Is that is that kind of the the gist of it? Right.
1: It was it was right along the lines there because I had people reaching out to me from all over the country. You know, are you Pip? I'm I'm like, yeah, I'm Pip, but uh, I, I don't have 555 Fitness. And so this was Wrong. like the, the
0: early on days of Facebook, too. Well, not early on days of Facebook, but like you couldn't say that, like, I was one of the owners of the 555 Fitness page it was just five, five, five fitness. We didn't really put anything out there too much, except, you know, I would do a lot of interviews about, it. I guess at the time, right. That, that's probably what led people to you. So you had reached out to me and I was just like, this is crazy. Like we have the same name,
1: same name, <laughs> which is not like very common, right? Like not it's not a common name. Um, and, and the last name, I mean, there's just a, a handful that, that I've, found in, in in the northeast so
0: yeah most of the ones that i know i'm related to there was a time though where early on in facebook like pre-555 some guy made a group of us that was like your last name's paparo let's all be in a group together but i got out of that shit like a month and oh yeah, oh, was yeah. Just some, that was like the early days of this social media thing could be really crazy
1: Yes, absolutely. So,
0: so what gets weirder about Pip and I, though, is that not only do we share the same exact name, but we are both firefighter. Para- you're a paramedic, right? That- I'm paramedic. Yep. Paramedic. Yep. We uh, we both are on the vertically challenged side. Oh uh, yeah. We both have uh, an affinity for fitness. And so those those couple topics there, I think if I and again I'm trying to recall the story like more appropriately or however, um, that kind of let us okay let's be friends then we can talk about some stuff because we have these common interests
1: right. It got weirder, and
0: and then it got weirder. Yeah, so we were talking about this like jokes guys play on us at the firehouse. We also worked on the same exact shift for a while. That's
1: that. That's where it, it it really became incredibly weird. Like, okay, so we're on the same 2472 rotation here. And, you know, yeah, everybody, yeah, they put this, they put the stepladder in, they'll put a stool, the car seat in the in the, in the uh chauffeur's seat there. You know, yeah, okay, fine. We're we're short, we get right? it. Right. We're joking around
0: with our short jokes here back and forth, and and then it just got weirder because we're both married to physician assistants.
1: Yes the the so many coincidences that it just it would it be it was very weird.
0: <laughs> it just kept like I said, it just kept getting weirder, but it just kept getting cooler. Now, for the folks that haven't turned this off yet because they're like, this is just going to be these two dudes kind of growing out about the fact that they have all these coincidences, you know, we did at the time too, just start talking about random stuff together um throughout this. and and this little quick three minute segment is actually spun over like, three or four years of just internet chatting and this is the first time we've ever actually spoken to each other not in um, text form
1: yes yes and and we're not very far away from each other either
0: yeah so. yeah, yeah we're only probably about for uh, like three and a half right. hours i guess four hours three and a
1: half hours
0: yeah right in there and it was just this complete randomness right where i'm like yeah there's this dude and people never believe me like I've talked about it on another podcast that there's another guy out there like that you're out there.
1: You know, what prompted me actually also to look you up. It was in the, uh, it was the first responder newspaper. Um, oh, okay. It, somebody from the firehouse, you know, showed me like, look at this guy's name. I'm like, huh? No okay. kidding. And then all of a sudden I started getting a lot of those, those messages on Facebook messenger. And uh from there. I remember seeing that article uh in I think it was uh yeah first responder news.
0: Yeah, yeah. I wrote for them for about six, eight months or so. Um way, way, way back in the day. Um uh, I guess it's scary when you say that too. That like 2015 was way, way, way back in the day. But
1: I know it's scary.
0: Considering my kids say I was born in olden times when they talk about the eighties. So
1: Yeah. That's the generational gap. Is
0: That's the scary part. Oh, I just saw something the other day. It was like the launch of MTV oh, is now further away from today than it was from the bombing of Pearl Harbor. Don't say that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bad one, right? <laughs> because when you think about like your age and you think about events that happened in your life. Like uh, I was like, uh, I guess MTV was eighty one or eighty two, so I was like three then. But you know, as you grew up, and they talked about Pearl Harbor, you're like that was
1: fresh. Was like so long ago, right? It would have been
0: like Jesus times, if you
1: right, right.
0: <laughs> and then... <laughs> and now, so now, now that's MTV to kids, probably.
1: Yeah, and they'll never have the uh, you know the satisfaction of actually seeing uh, music videos like we did. No, so. not at all.
0: Not even close. So, well, you know, there is my son, my older one, uh, Finn talks about videos on TikTok and things. So that are kind of like what I would say we equate to music videos because it's the sure. artists doing, you know, it's probably only a minute of their song. Um, but they'll also miss out on like the genre shows and like uh, I just saw another one not too long ago I was a
1: headbangers ball kid so oh dude
0: my brother so I was a headbangers ball I was a little bit of everything in that age but my brother played hockey in California with Ricky Rackman and he's like do you know this oh guy and I'm like do I know that guy dude he's like the headbangers ball guy like like please tell me you know i Lover love her and Dr. Dre but he didn't know them <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> but right they, they miss out on those shows like remote control and headbangers ball like you had that that was almost like your life that they don't have right now
1: yeah, yeah. very nostalgic so yeah
0: um... it, it, it's always fun to look back on that but that that's kind of the thing too where now they have social media and you can have these random connections and so many of them have happened to me and you know People come into your life, my wife uses, especially in, in her job now with, with palliative care, you know, that there's a, a reason and a season for everyone and everything in your life. And I feel like with social media, for us, we got that pre-social media reason and seasons. Then we got this social media, you know, cool, we can meet different people and, and, and make new friendships and relationships and things. Now, I don't know where we're going to with it all.
1: Oh the artificial intelligence it's uh thats taken over the world.
0: Yeah oh, that that is a whole a whole new ball game. I do like the that when they uh like they'll do like they asked AI to make a famous person someone else or something like that. I've been enjoying seeing those recently.
1: Yeah those are pretty hilarious.
0: I'm interested if it ever comes to like the National Fire Radio World like we asked AI to make the National Fire Radio guys the Avengers and see what happens or
1: something. You should. Come on. <laughs> Be Would the you, the faceplate for the uh for the tag on the Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> I'm
0: sure Sebi can figure that one out. So I got my Sebi <laughs> mentioned too. but so, so it's been cool talking to, to Pip this whole time, just about different things. And and we both had a lot of things happen to us in our lives, but before, you know, we go into more of our story and this is for the listeners and for me, like what's kind of your backstory, like growing up, like you grew up in, in the New York area, upstate New York, like give us a little Absolutely. bit of that info.
1: So um, I'm from Albany, New York. And, uh, you know, ended up going to high school, graduated uh, from Columbia High School in 2001. Uh, from that point, I, I was in the volunteer fire service uh, from like 1998 uh, through 2002. Um, and from there, I went to Hudson Valley Community College, uh, where I uh, received my paramedic. Uh, in two thousand three, and went right to work. So I've uh, been a been a paramedic for twenty years. Uh, a lot of different uh, experiences as a paramedic. Rural uh, agencies, a first response fly car. Uh, as part of uh, a medical helicopter team for several years in Philadelphia, and then so happened to end up on the uh saratoga springs fire department where i am currently employed
0: that's a big commute uh, from, from albany to philadelphia just to fly in a helicopter Did no I, mean... yeah
1: I, I lived there for a bit it was that was an interesting area i wasn't a i wasn't a big city boy i didn't you know when you turn the lights off at your house at night it was still uh you know had the that, that, orange hue and couldn't quite still so. bright city
0: light so for folks okay. too listening you know around the world around our country there is a place called new york state you know i know there's new york city and everybody thinks when they especially in the fire service world too and i'm sure you get this one like if you say like i'm a firefighter in new york then that automatically means the fdny fdny,
1: FDNY. <laughs> like the,
0: yeah. that's it we just can't you know no one can get away from them i say i'm a
1: firefighter
0: a, a career firefighter I think fdny person. People are like, you, you get know, paid they, in New Jersey? I thought they only got paid in FDNY. Like,
1: no, no. I, I think, uh, you know, FDNY has more guys on three pieces of apparatus than we do on our whole uh, shit. So,
0: Saratoga Springs is kind of like north central New York, I guess, yeah. in, the, in the state.
1: Uh, it'd be like north, uh, sort of the eastern part. We're in the foothills of the Adirondack Mountains. Um, it, we're unique uh, as much in New York State is losing people, losing population. Um, our city is growing and consistently growing. Um, we have a very large influx of uh, visitors with the track season. We have the oldest racing horse racing track in the country. We also have a, a large venue called SPAC. It's an amphitheater that brings in tens of thousands of people concerts um and the the downtown uh the broadway uh uh, street fronts are they they draw a lot of visitors as well um so we we get that influx definitely in the summertime when the tracks in season you know travers day is the biggest uh event for the summer it's kind of like the cap off the summer and uh we you know so with the city growing, our department's growing. We just added another fire station we're we're putting another company in service. Um, I don't know when that's going to be, but should be in the very near future. so it
0: it's pretty so cool fortunate to see, to see a place like that growing. you know what I mean like because I've been there. I went there. A long time ago like pre finn we went on a we. my wife and i jumped in our mini cooper and we just started driving north and we ended up in canada is the easiest way i can explain that trip it's
1: pretty much yeah we're, we're closer to canada to the canadian border than we are to so new york city
0: and it was cool we did like a day maybe like maybe a day or two in saratoga springs just because you know some cool place to stop um and see and do and and you have that cool little like you said main street or broadway I yeah get. the
1: broad broadway yeah
0: and those are way older buildings down there that have been just adapted throughout the years right
1: yeah yeah a bunch of, they're like a bunch of like cut up uh, type 3 buildings and you know they they've modernized them and now they they they've gone off the back with a bunch of type 5 construction and they like the adelphi hotel uh, is probably tripled in size since i've since I've been there, and they just keep adding and adding. and it's beautiful. it's it's kind of a a unique touch, you know, to keep the aesthetics, uh, yet they're still modern I'll twist to everything.
0: I didn't really think about that. But now that I'm thinking back to when I was there, you have that main street. And like you said, they've gone off the back because it's not like a main street and then another main street. It's that main street with nothing behind it, but smaller streets. So they can just keep growing backwards to keep that aesthetic yeah, right in yeah. front and make a deeper building, which makes for a whole new issue sort of.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty interesting. And like the, I, I like to see, it's It's hard to describe how it is the like the actual geographic location, but we go from urban to rural, like there's like no buffer. yeah, you just um,
0: drive through the sticks that are like you drive to, it's sticks. you just drive through nothing, and then all of a yeah. sudden you're in your city
1: right. And then that, that's it. And then you know, you'll have another small city, you know twenty five minutes north, Glen's Falls. They' are another uh, career department and.
0: I think I know somebody somebody on Glen Falls, which is weird, too, because that's another small department. But that's for another day. In another weird coincidence, which I didn't know, I, too, went to county college um, not to get my paramedic, though. Well, I mean, I eventually got my paramedic to a different county college. But after high school, I went to county college and left to pursue uh, a career in EMS. So that's more weirdness that we just discovered. Yes, yes. (laughs) So, so you did some time in Philly doing a flight thing. How did you pick, or how did you land? I should say in Saratoga Springs because it's not your hometown. You know, Albany's probably two hours from Saratoga Springs, right?
1: No, no, no. Albany is uh, it's about forty, forty-five miles south okay. of uh, Saratoga. Um, what drew me up to that area? A my wife, um, who was, have that. who is a PA at the Saratoga Hospital, um, the mountain biking scene. Uh, we have a tremendous mountain biking scene. I happen to live on uh, Daniels Road, which there's the Daniels Road State Forest, and we have like 25 miles of just some of the meanest single track in the Northeast. I had been going there for about 22 years and, um, you know, that's, that's how I ended up there. I, you know, I was working for uh, the town of colony at the time a pretty progressive paramedic agency, uh, you know, dating my wife and she, you know, just being up and immersed in the Saratoga area. I'm like, you know, I'm going to take the civil service test. I'm already in the civil service system. So took the test, Got hired, now building our career, building our life.
0: So all your time got to transfer over?
1: Uh, It goes on the back half, I think. Uh, New York State's a little confusing. They're all confusing. I'll have to to talk to somebody uh, in civil service about how this all happens.
0: Isn't it crazy when we we talk about our, our careers? And, you know, in my opinion, being in civil service is way better than not being in civil service because you have protections and things like that. However, the system itself, no matter where you are, seems to be the most confusing
1: thing everywhere. Yeah. I don't know how people actually get a handle as on what's going on. Oh, you know, they talk about 60ths and retirement, this uh, padding this. And I, I just say, you know, I'm gonna give it to my financial advisor and let him figure it out for me. So so,
0: so one I, I guess like a a positive post Covid is that our state civil service has started holding way more seminars about, you know how to retire, let's say, you know, how oh, to go through much. not like how like what you should do when you retire, but like how to go through all the paperwork and things. um because I think they discovered during Covid just how little. Or either how screwed up their system was, or how little we all knew about what we were supposed to do.
1: Well, they they hit you with that barrage of paperwork when you're you're signing over yourself to take the position, expecting you're going to read every <laughs> every line. And true story, I was just excited, you know. Yeah, that's it. You're so, so excited. Yeah, to, sure. I'll sign. Yeah. yeah, whatever you need. That's good. it. I mean, yeah, twenty years. I'm... We'll be good. Good job. Great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll see in um, we have the same thing and then too you know i, I I'm, I'm imagining it probably works the same for you but you know we have contracts that go with our city but our retirement mm-hmm. comes from the state <laughs> but the city has to kind of play ball with the state and play ball with you and there's a lot of things that have to come together it's not just like okay i'm retiring thank
1: you right yeah it's definitely there's uh you know same you know um, in the state retirement system, the city speaks to the state, and then the union speaks to the city, and there's our contract. And it gets there's a lot of it. a lot of red tape. Yeah, it's definitely something, and, and I have
0: talked a lot about recently about retirement because I have, I do about five years ago till I can do it, and it's something that it's crazy that I'm starting now, not just to talk about it, but to figure out the steps I have to take to get to it. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I don't want to be like, like, we've had some folks work six, eight months longer than they had planned on just because of the red tape, I guess is a good way to put it.
1: Yeah. That, that seems to be kind of the common theme, especially in our department right now we have a very young department. (laughs) Who
0: doesn't, Um, doesn't?
1: we, we've, we've hired so many uh, new folks. They're, they're all wonderful. They're, they're, they're eager. And, uh, you know, we're, we're still growing. Like when, when I started, uh, we had 66 members. Um, and I believe we're going to pass the 100 member mark this year. Uh, it's awesome. so we just did. We just seen, went over 100. So we get get growth,
0: and especially know. too, if you're building a new station, you know, there are some departments that build a new station add a company, don't add new people. Like you get the new rig, you get the new station, but you have to make do with what you have. So knowing you guys yeah. are people is huge.
1: Yeah, our our, our union's been pretty, uh, pretty fortunate, and they've they've been very proactive in growing the numbers, increasing our our staffing power, uh, and the city's obviously been very integral in that. So we're pretty fortunate right now
0: yeah it's good when you have that too right because people don't understand that that it takes all the sides working together right as the labor side we always want more people because we know that more people help solve the problem faster is an easy way to put that
1: right right and that that's one thing when with the you, you go into that you know when we talk about doing you know more with less you know there's the uh, firefighter burnout the fatigue compassion fatigue uh, and uh, it, it's just it's it's um, we're fortunate, again, that our union in our city is, you know, they take that into account um, so we can try to, you know, combat those sort of, uh, you know, that that leads to uh, loss.
0: And, and that word that that word, all those things you just said, that's being proactive. It's good to yes. have a proactive city, a proactive union, a proactive department, proactive members. Um, yes, it's not exactly though something like proactively sexy to talk
1: about. Let's say,
0: right? Like it's not the so, core training or the technical rescues or anything, but it's something no. that has to be spoken about.
1: So when I when I when I have newer members come in uh, to my shift, I I essentially tell them like, listen, you're you're a paid problem solver because uh, we're gonna go. On EMS calls, we're going to go on car crashes. We're going to go on gas leaks, and we're going to go on a uh, on a fire occasionally. Um, and then we're going to get everything in between. You know, there's going to be fuel spills, yada yada yada. You may have to clean somebody up in their own filth. You're a paid problem solver, and that's that's what we're that's what we're here to do. We're we're professional problem solvers. They. It it took the all hazards approach and really, really just capitalized on it. So um, when when you sort of change that approach and the, the mentality of, you know, I'm not grabbing a hook and can on every single day and going into a smoky building. And it, you you become a little more realistic in what your job duty is. Is yeah, I'm going to go on a lot of EMS calls. I'm going to go on a lot of alarm drops and, and a lot of CO calls. And occasionally, I get to to fight a fire and use my skills. I think that puts it into more realistic, uh, you know, more digestible uh, terms for for the newer members because okay. everywhere. There, it's the same thing.
0: Yeah, there's no difference everywhere. And that problem that you're going to solve, sure. no matter how big or how small it may seem to the person that's calling you, it is the worst problem they could ever be having.
1: Sure, sure,
0: absolutely. And and that's something too that has to get taken into account when you're solving these folks' problems. And And most of the time, they are so happy that you've helped them. I mean, just my last shift, we did three elevators, all with people in them. Like going on three <laughs> elevator calls, is it, that's a kind of a normal thing for us now. But all of the yeah. elevators actually had people in them that were very thankful when we said, you can come out of the elevator now. It's not stuck anymore.
1: Yeah. And you solved the problem. There yep. you go. And that's
0: it, man. You're there. You're there to solve the problem. And so when when your department is also taking that proactive stance and, and growing and looking out for all these back end things and maybe not even knowing it. You know, the city may not even know about compassion fatigue or anything like that. Right. Right. But if you're doing a good job of educating them about it and telling them they're preventing this, preventing these things from happening, the bottom line being the dollar spent on us, the employee, that's going to help you guys out too a lot.
1: Yes, and you know we 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 are pretty fortunate that uh, the the city takes such an active role in us, you know, we, uh, when, when I, when we talk about compassion fatigue, that's something that's pretty near and dear to my heart. Um, I myself, uh, have experienced and still to this day, uh, work with, uh, post-traumatic stress, anxiety, depression. It's, it, it is a byproduct of the job. Um, and, you know, I, I'm very open about my stories, Um, you know, and, you know, one thing I I do like to tell the newer members is, hey, this job could change you. Make sure you have a life outside of the job. Uh, Make sure you don't, uh, you know, if you want to take overtime, take overtime, but make sure you also take time for yourself. Make sure you take time to sleep. Make sure you take time to eat right. You know, have something outside of this because the calls are going to come. The calls are going to come no matter what. They're always going to be there. They're always going to, and there's always going to be a need for somebody to fill that, but that person doesn't always have to be you.
0: That's the key line right there, right? That person doesn't always have to be you. Right. And to go with our story a little bit more, because, you know, I knew we were going to talk about this part of it at some point, and I still have some questions that I want to go back and ask, but we'll get to this one for sure. But like, I had noticed (laughs) that that, that Pip wasn't on social media anymore. Like, I didn't notice it, like, every day. Like, hey, where's this guy who's got the same name as me? You know, but I just noticed, like, I don't see him posting that much anymore. Whatever, like, move on. And that's my day. Um. And then one day you kind of reappeared on my feed somehow. And I can't remember if I messaged you or you messaged me. Just like, hey, what's up, bro? Long time no talk. Um. But I know that's where you sort of shared your stories, your story of, yes. of, of coming to this conclusion, right. That that you had were suffering from PTSD or, or compassion. for Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was, uh, it was definitely, I remember um, clear as day, you know, I, I finished up a call around Christmas time, uh, working in a rest, the guy had the same birth year as me and somebody carried his toddler past me. And you know the, the the gentleman that had passed away was you know heavily uh, involved in using substances and alcohol and it you know very very tragic scene um you know and it doesn't have to be the the major car crash or the gory bloody whatever this was just a a a dead human around christmas time and you know around me i could see all the christmas stuff and I just remember going numb and thereafter I stopped eating. I wasn't sleeping and, you know, I I don't really drink alcohol. So I don't, I didn't have to worry about going down that rabbit hole or I don't, I don't use substances. So I didn't have to go, worry about going down that rabbit hole. Thank God, because that, that would have been, that could have been a very slippery slope for me. Um, but I knew something was wrong. Um, and then all of a sudden, all the bad calls that I had been on up until that point, which this was back in 2015, uh, they it, they decided to come and visit me in about a, a period of two minutes. And I was just like, oh, my God, something is absolutely, absolutely wrong here. And um, I didn't really know how to approach it. And so there was a couple firefighters that I worked with that, um, They're retired now, um, but they, they had gone through similar events and they kind of guided me, uh, you know, Hey, this is, this is what I did. This is who I see. And, you know, I still see the same therapist then that I do. I see her now uh, back when I first started dealing with this. Um, and there were red flags for the last 10 years before this happened. Like, yeah, but you don't know uh, red flags, they're just yeah, you don't life. know, but now looking back on it, you're like, holy moly, you know, you you go, you know, you go years without acknowledging that you've seen bad stuff, and bad stuff sucks to see, and it's not normal. Um
0: I think that's the key right there, right? Is that you go years with seeing this bad stuff and you don't even process it as being bad no, because it's just no, your job, right. right? And you we try to normalize it. Yeah. Um, It's what I see. I I, I stepped over a guy in a car accident the other night. We had a a pin job. There's a guy laying on the ground. I I walked right around him. I mean, there was an EMT taking care of him, but I just, he's just, I didn't even, I couldn't even tell you if he was breathing when I looked, because I just saw someone taking care of him and just walked around it to go do my job.
1: Right. And it's it's like, it's not normal at all. And it sucks. And and to acknowledge that it sucks. It's not normal. is okay. Yeah, it's absolutely it's absolutely OK to say, holy crap, I just, you know, stepped on a crispy person by accident. That was bad. That sucked. That's not normal. You know, so that, you know, when I when I was diagnosed with PTSD, I. I was like, yep, this is the end. I don't know what to do. Like I said, some of the firefighters. Uh, really guided me and helped me out um and of course you're gonna get other people that are like "Eh." you can't handle it don't you know get out of the job um so especially 2015
0: this is 2015 2016 way different world than where we're in today yeah i mean
1: yeah this was this is right at the end of 2015 um so i was i was off for several months my chief was was very understanding he's like you know get yourself squared away figure it out so I did. Um, I go to I see the same, like I said, the same therapist now that I did then. She she was very uh focused in in mindfulness and energy healing. And that the most important thing was to find the right therapist. I had gone to two prior to that, and they start one of them started crying. I was like, Oh, oh, like listening like to your story. You know? Am I here for you or are you here for me okay.
0: um, it's like you're doing your job, right? your job. you're here to solve her problem yeah you,
1: you, they said you dealt with post-traumatic stress and I'm telling you some some nasty stories here uh well, so, me okay. that,
0: but like that's just one of those things that you're like oh my god this just happened to me like I'm here to tell yeah. you how I'm having problems helping other people and now I'm helping you
1: now she's she was having the breakdown I was like oh man this is wild um, so na- now I, f- I had you know, it took a little while, found the right therapist. My wife was an absolute trooper through all this. Um, you know, being a PA, she was able to, you know, kind of ground me and, and center me, help me out. Oh, um, well, I know, she was an absolute trooper, and uh, so. I think that's that's another
0: thing too, though. So when you're trying to find which therapy works for you or which therapist is the best fit for you, you know, folks in our positions, we don't want to do, I don't want to say we don't want to do the work, but like, it's just like us, someone has a problem. We go, we solve it, we leave. So you think you're, Hey, I need help, right? I'm having these problems. I'm going to go get help and leave. And that's not how that system works at all
1: it's definitely it's it's interesting because you have to put a lot of work into it um and when you acknowledge that there's you know some compassion fatigue depression anxiety ptsd um and this is why you know i know people that struggle with substances a lot of times you know they go and have a drink or you know whatever and they it, it takes that that idea of having to do the work away. The work is the bottle. It takes. work is done. Take, <laughs> I can, can do the done work right right really
0: easy right here. Watch me.
1: <laughs> right, right. So, um, you know, with, and like I said, I'm, I'm fortunate that I didn't have that that issue, um, but I could see how it could be very complicated um, with, you know, with somebody with those issues. Um, I I, you- and again, when I was going through this, it was a very dark time, you know. You, there's ideations, there's obsessive thoughts, and you know, it's it, the taboo is you know the you know call the suicide hotline, you know, especially and if you know if anybody listening, if you're struggling, you know, call nine eight eight. You know that that's a big step, and that's it's, there's no weakness in calling for that. And so, like I said, I was I was in a very dark place, and and my wife really stood by me she was an absolute trooper and there were a few things that i did I, I was very proactive as i took my day apart um minute by minute i took my day apart minute by minute and then realizing minute by minute i'm gonna go and do something i'm gonna put one foot in front of the other or i'm going to uh get on my mountain bike one pedal stroke after the next um. Uh, or I'm gonna go and down to my uh, uh, my fly tying vise and take one wrap of thread around a, a feather at a time, and minute by minute became hour by hour. Then it's day by day. Now it's week by week. Now it's it's who I am. I live with it, and I have a, a very deep uh, mental health toolbox now. So.
0: I love that and and that's such a new term that mental health toolbox, right? Because we all probably have them and didn't even realize we had them. Right, right. Definitely didn't realize the importance of them. And even when you know you have one, right? I know I have one. I've talked about it on multiple episodes now. And even for me, I just recently, you know, couldn't figure out the tool to pull out. And and I'm still kind of searching in the toolbox for the tool to pull out for what's going on with me these days, but yes. the that I'm searching for it is key, right?
1: Absolutely. I mean, when, when, when you feel that, you know, your mental health, stress, anything that that's starting to build that has any sort of effect, uh, you, you know, it's not going to be the one quick fix always. So like you say, searching for that, um, education had become a huge component for me. Uh, I wanted to know why at first I was like, I'm broken. My brain's broke. I'm never going to be normal again. Um, um, you know, when you catastrophize everything, you're like, I'm going to be homeless. I'm going to be, you know, living in a cardboard yeah. box and, yeah. and not know where my next meal is coming from. Uh, and I'm going to, you know, die cold and hungry. So I wanted to know why. Why my thoughts were that way. Why uh, seeing human suffering made me that way. Um, and then, you know, long So right now I'm finishing up my my doctorate from Massachusetts College of Pharmacy and Health Science in public health. That's a huge
0: difference between that Robert Paparo and this Robert Paparo right there. (laughs) There's a a huge difference between the two of us right now. So that's the smart. When it's Robert Paparo PhD, they're going to know it's automatically you and not me, buddy. So congrats to you. And and it's even better because when I was, I, I just learned this information about Pip when coming up for this podcast and when I told my wife she looked at me and she's like well that'll be a big different one for you buddy because you're not getting that PhD after your name like he is yeah, so, I, so- I get
1: called nerd all the time and you know a lot she of the, literally- a lot of the guys uh, have watched me you know come to the firehouse exhausted and being like yeah I gotta go read gotta go do this um and you know my my capstone, uh and, and dissertation was in community paramedicine and kind of trying to reduce the burden on EMS which may help the fatigue that we see for sure uh but but uh there's been a you know for my masters I did uh some research with Dr. Denise Smith from Skidmore College uh she's she's like the who's who when it comes to firefighter health and physiology and um we we took some huge data sets from uh just around the country and firefighters uh with their cardiovascular fitness scores um and sleep scores and 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 applied it to what mental health you know could be going on there um so there's obviously a direct correlation in mental health and physical health it's you know it's it's there there's there's beyond, lots of beyond
0: the fire service that's just your body and yes yeah
1: just like just it. in and you know if you're if you're if you have unmanaged depression or anxiety you could be predisposed to hypertension which could lead to cardiovascular disease and so on um so I did that that was a very uh I, I don't want to call it fun because it was not fun because then you're looking at when you say
0: rewarding. Let's say rewarding.
1: It was rewarding, but you're also like, damn, I'm looking at myself as a statistic here. You True. know, I don't I don't sleep very well. You know, I don't have hypertension or anything like that, but I'm like, ah, I could develop. Oh, Jesus. So then your anxiety kicks in a little bit while you're looking at these huge data sets. But that's uh, you know, that's that's where that's you reach into day. that
0: toolbox again. You get into your
1: mouth They've mental got, got to toolbox. reach into the toolbox. Um <laughs> And also currently uh, with our fire department growing the way it is, we're going to see a huge uh, group of retirements. So that prompted me to think, uh, you know, all this stuff coming out through uh, the PFOS and uh, PFOA. Uh, I wanted to start a non-communicable disease uh, screening program for our members. Like the,
0: the first thing I would have thought of with all that in my head, I would, I'm right there with you.
1: <laughs> yeah, so so coming up uh, after a little bit after the first of the year, we're going to offer it to our members. Uh, they're going to be able to get screened. Uh, they'll be able to have blood work. They'll be able to have uh, their organs scanned and kind of have... have Especially the ones that are retiring, hopefully a a peace of mind that you know I like your, your time was that. amazing. We we value it and we want you to have a peace of mind going forward.
0: I like too that you're calling it like a non-communicable disease scanning because you start throwing the words cardiovascular, you throw starring the words cancer around and people automatically even though you want to know these things, those words make it. I don't want to know these things, maybe, right?
1: Like, right, like I so, don't want to know this, yeah. So that's that's you know, and it's going to look for other things too. Like, you know, if, if you get your blood drawn, and you, you got a fatty liver, hey, yeah, we know, that. we know that. Good to know. know, you that. could
0: just have a fatty liver, nothing to do with being a firefighter or drinker, right. or it, it could be it just could be just the way we were born,
1: yeah, just right. like, And so. Yeah, I, I think it's important, um, but especially with the, you know, the confounding factors of being in the fire service, the stress of the tones going on and on and on and on, you know, that adds uh, an element of pathophysiology to the body.
0: Do You know, it's just the other night sitting in the ladder truck on a, on an alarm and the dispatcher comes across and he's like, uh, stand by for a second assignment right? We're all out on this alarm now. And I'm like, this mother effer is going to hit those tones. And he does. And they, and I'm like, but we're all listening. Like, I don't need the tone doesn't make me go like, I'm a fireman. I have to go on a call. You could have literally just said like called command, called our chief and said, I haven't a second assignment. This is it. Who would you put? Nope. Those tones had to drop.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I, well, I think they're, they're just like pre-programmed to be Hit. You know, the, and they're exposed to those stressors sure. too.
0: I was a dispatcher. And... That that was a stress that I was a young dispatcher. So I, I went from community college to working on the bus to uh, into dispatch, like two years later or whatever. Um, EMS dispatch, and I didn't even realize I was taking some of those incidents home with me. I had a paramedic uh, have a cardiac arrest while I was working in dispatch, uh, so I'm on the other end of that radio call. Um, You know, we had like several, you know, CPR instructions on the phone, my my famous cat call, which I've talked about on other episodes, but like, I never realized until I started going to therapy, all those things added up to eventually my cup becoming overfilled.
1: Yes. yeah, And it's crazy when that happens, because at that point in time, you know, something's wrong, but you don't know what it is.
0: And you don't want to you don't want to admit there's something wrong.
1: Either. No, you don't want to say, "Hey, dude, this is this is tough." So it, it's so
0: like I hate using the word crazy, but like I didn't see this episode going this far down this path. And you said so many amazing things, and I'm like, dude, I've been friends with this guy for like seven years, and I didn't even know a quarter of the stuff you just dropped on me in the past twenty minutes. Let's say it, It's like, well, so then I think to myself, am I like a bad Internet friend that I didn't get more.
1: Internet. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 you know, I, I, I have the five 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 app. You know, I still use it. There's workouts. Uh, you know, the, you're a great internet friend. Yeah,
0: but it's these yeah. things, right? This is how we think of ourselves, right? Like, I, I don't know. I think that's something that separates emergency responders from the rest of the population. You know, is is the way that we kind of think about ourselves. Um, And and by emergency responders too, you know the helpers that are out there, just like our wives being physician assistants. You know, we're always looking to help, and so now in my head, I'm wondering, have I really helped this guy? Like, did did I do what I should have done to help him out?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it it was great, especially like early on when we first started uh, talking with each other. We 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 did kind of touched the subject about, you know, post-traumatic stress and, and not, uh, you know, having some mental health issues. And, and that to me was always hearing the story of somebody else going through it is it, it always takes it. It always takes the the sharpness away, you know, a degree for me of your own. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's always, I think it's so beneficial um, and 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 it, it humanizes it. It allows us to know that we're not in the fight alone. Um, you know, even if you were to call me at three o'clock in the morning and say, "Dude, I had a bad call, and I'm afraid to to you know be alone with my thoughts right now." That's that's what we're here for. And and say, "Yeah, okay, what's up? Tell me about it."
0: It's that it's the normalization of it all, right? And yeah. it's definitely in our careers because we're on around the same career trajectory, you know, the yeah. change in making it normal. You know, when I got hired, the 25 year guys, the 20, 25 year guys, they came from the rub the dirt on it generation. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> but then, you know what I think back before that, because my dad was on the job, when those guys, so my 20, 25 year guy, when he came on the job, My dad was that 20, 25, or a little less than that, but you know what I mean? And my dad was in a totally different generation. So it's now being in that, in this generation, and just telling you about the other night, I just kind of realized that my rookie that was with me, yeah, my rookie that was with me, that was probably his first bad wreck, I think. Mm. And That's tough. Yeah, and I didn't really... Other things happened and then we went home, but like, I haven't really thought to reach out to him just cause it wasn't the, like, there wasn't much, uh, like there was, it wasn't like, uh, people were injured and you see the bodily injury, you know what I mean? Like they weren't very dramatic injuries. They were definitely injured. There was definitely someone pinned, but mm-hmm. it wasn't like, you know, where we think of these things, like someone died, uh, someone was missing an arm, your normal, let's have a post-traumatic stress talk, right? now it's more of these things that i don't want him in 20 years that to be the impetus of his cup starting without it being able to be drained it's an easy way
1: to sure yeah absolutely i mean i think building that mental toolbox up early in life is is so important um you know again that when when I started as a paramedic, it's like, oh, if somebody was maimed and dead, you're like, yeah, it's my job, got to do it. Yeah, next, it. go next on to call. the next one, right?
0: Go yeah. on to the next one. And in EMS, that is still,
1: oh my god, the truest the true
0: story. Oh, sorry, you just had a pediatric cardiac arrest. There's three in the queue. You got to go take. Yeah, it
1: it's it's a grind. It's an absolute grind. And you know, do you that's still what work as a paramedic, so
0: like on the bus, or just at the firehouse?
1: um, right now, um i'm I'm assigned to a a quint. <laughs> gotcha. And, and and so, but i I do take my time uh, to go back onto the ambulance. Um, you know I, my my last shift on uh, Saturday, I worked on the ambulance. and you know it's fun. It's fun to work with the uh, the younger guys coming in. It's I, I really enjoy it. I'm often a preceptor. Um, you know, when our medics come out of medic school, I'll, I'll take the time to ride on the ambulance with them. Um, but it's, it is tiring. Yeah. It that's tiring. Tiring. One And, of the and my hat's I off know. to them. My hat's off to them. It's, 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 it's a grind for a couple of years for some of them. Um, it, cause we go based on seniority or riding seat and, you know,
0: no, I try to explain that to our folks who've never worked on an ambulance. Like when we see the people, that are working on the the, and the private service EMS that we work with, like, remember, dude, they're getting paid in your first year, not much more than you are, and they're doing triple the work. Like, we have to appreciate that end of it. Yeah. You know, they're a grind. We don't know what they're going through. And it's the same when, when we talk about law enforcement. We don't really know their grind. We just know it's not gonna, No, it's, it's, it's unique.
1: To it. and, and that's, you know, the one thing, like, with uh, cumulative stress, that's kind of what, are you know, first responders are coined to have this cum- cumulative stress disorder. I don't know what a law enforcement officer is going through. I don't know, you know, when we talk about PTSD, you know, another definition. I don't know what a military person has gone through. But I do know what you've seen. Yeah. yeah I do know what, uh, you know, other paramedics have seen. Um, you know, obviously it's not going to be the same exact thing, but I know those, those sensations that I hear, see, smell, smells the big one. Um, uh, hearing stuff is a big one and it'll, it'll bring me right back to something from 20 years ago, you know, instantly. And, you know, I'm sure that's the same for, for you as well. The same for all of us. It's just when you realize it.
0: It's again in the yeah. toolbox, you know. You you have your checklist in the toolbox, and then you get
1: to the tools. Yeah, so that, you know, so we we also started a peer support team at at the fire department. There's kind of like a regional peer support team up here there, uh, within the, you know, Albany, Schenectady, Troy, Water uh Saratoga. Um, There was a large regional uh, peer support uh, team building exercise where uh, outside uh, mental health professionals came and taught to develop that. So I hope that gets a little more headway in the near future.
0: Listen, the mere fact that you're doing it, that's half the battle. You know what I mean? Like that, that, that we're already better than we were when we started Um, absolutely Absolutely. and i I don't think we'll ever be perfect because you know this is ever evolving but as long as we're working towards something that's kind of clutch yeah absolutely so sweet man so so you know we're getting close to the hour mark and i wanted to really talk about this and you mentioned it very very rapidly but you were all about fly fishing which i know nothing about and tying these things right yes how did that all come into your life? Cause you know, this is what you do off the job matters. I feel
1: like that's what yes. you do the most off the job aside from being a dad, husband and mountain biker. So yeah, mountain biking probably comes more than everything. And like you mentioned, I'm a father. Uh, my son Gabriel is going to be four uh, on the 14th. So it's pretty nice. exciting. It's especially um, around Christmas too. Even cool. Oh yeah. Super fun though. So um yeah, tying flies. I knew um, um you know, I, I've been a fisherman, fly fisherman for a lot of years and um, you know, you'd go and waste all this money on on buying flies. Those little itty bitty flies are like two dollars a pop. So all of a sudden you notice you spent a hundred bucks. So I'm like, oh, I'm gonna save money a lot of so I'm gonna flies. Tie flies. You need, you need yeah, a, need a lot of flies. flies. I'm gonna I'm gonna save some money and tie my own flies. Well, so Yeah, you don't save money because you just blow it on all sorts of materials, vices, uh, thread, wire. Magnifying glasses. Magnifying Magnifying glasses. Oh, yeah, I got the little, you know, the little uh, 3X cheaters that I (laughs) wear. I think I
0: actually asked you one day, I'm like, what the hell are you doing with these pictures you're posting on social media? (laughs) It's like super close, super magnified.
1: Yeah, man, those things are awesome. I, I, I actually bring them to work every now and again to read books because, um, you know, my eyes are getting a little old. But right. anyhow, they uh, I needed something. And, you know, again, this uh, it kept my mind occupied to be able to focus on something so small. And it kept my hands busy. So if your hands and your mind are busy – it allows you to kind of really put the focus into one small task and that task was to turn that thread over a hook for me and I found that to be therapeutic so I would I would get into my my little fly tying table in the basement and 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 turn some thread over the hooks over a you know uh over a piece of feather and, and bead to try and match a pattern that I see online or in a book to create, you know, a zebra midge or you, you create a, a, a woolly bugger worm, they call them. And uh, you know, all these, these patterns, um you know, you, you would replicate them time and time again and put your own spin on them, change the color of, of the feathers. And it was just, it was very therapeutic to me. Um, awesome. So it, it, you know, when your mind and your hands are doing something in sync with each other, it really allows you to kind of have that, uh, uh, that, that moment of Zen and uh, have that. Uh, it's just, it's was, it was a form of meditation for me to come away from, from everything. So, it, it, it's
0: pretty amazing to like when you get that, feeling that what you're doing you're having fun with and it's helping you in so many different ways that you don't even realize it and then the next thing you know you do realize it and you're like that's the aha moment right
1: yes yeah oh absolutely so when i when i look at this outside of the the uh having something outside the job i you know i I was reading john cabot zinn and you know, the, he was more about the, the the moment of mindfulness and 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 having that that now moment. Um, and he says meditation could be as simple as the the silence between words in a sentence. Well, meditation for me was a turn of the thread around the hook or, you know, placing the next feather or putting a bead on a hook. I mean, mind you, I feel like a, like a diabetic checking my blood sugar half the time because I poke my fingers left, right, and <laughs> sideways. But, um, but yeah, it, it became, it became that moment of mindfulness to me. Um, and, you know, right now I'm not tying as much as I normally do um, just because I'm finishing up the doctorate program. Probably
0: Um, taking up the majority of your free time. Yeah,
1: yeah, kind of of a big big deal. This kind of come May, it'll it'll be all over, and I'm I'm pretty pumped. So that is so awesome, dude, and it's so cool to hear you kind of
0: describe this because you know when we think about finding things off the job to occupy our minds, you know, obviously fitness is something big for you. You know, something big Mm -hmm. for me. For you, it's been mountain biking. You know, people generally find uh, like a more I guess, aggressive outlet, let's say, like they'll do martial arts or they will be a runner. They'll, you know, I right. think you're the first person I really know to have such a passive thing to occupy your mind, but it makes so much sense when you say it because I kind of do the same with my son's Legos, to be honest with you, except sure. I, put, I put the lights on the Legos. Like he does the humongous Lego and then I pay money for the aftermarket lights and I'll sit there and light them up. And it's so- That's awesome.
1: awesome. That's I so didn't even awesome. realize
0: it till you just were talking about that catharticness of what you did, but I just did the Eiffel Tower uh, that he built over a year ago, and I just have been not doing. And I'm like, I felt really good when I was doing that. Like, it absolutely was that focus, right?
1: Yeah, I I sort of fell into that too. Like my my son has magnetiles,
0: Oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I was like. We bought all sorts of magnetiles, and here I am—I'm building all sorts of towers with it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is nice, you know.
0: You'll see, you'll so. get to the sad moment. We used to build Legos together, and then he was like, "No, Dad, I'm good. I'm gonna do this by myself now."
1: Oh no, <laughs> that's gonna—that's gonna break my heart. It's a hard day, man.
0: It's <laughs> a, a rough one. But then, but if you find the next thing, like these lights, I'm like, I'll do the lighting. Nah, I can handle on, this.
1: man. Let's do these lights together.
0: Yeah, that lasted about three seconds because he's like, you're destroying my Lego. I don't want you to do I'm like, I'm going to put it back together. Oh, no. I lost it.
1: Oh, James, hold on.
0: <laughs> Here we there we
1: go. You're back. <laughs> there we go.
0: You're back. But you'll see. It's a cool part of being a dad, you know, is, is watching all those changes. And then when I did it, both my kids were like this is epic. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, thanks, guys, man. I, I really appreciate it, man. And dude, like, we, we got to, you know, we're getting to this hour mark where we like to keep those, but I feel like there's way more that we have to do. So you're definitely going to have to come back on or we'll have to like co-host I, I, or something. I'm like elated,
1: this. man. I, I'm, it was such a, uh, it was very humbling. Thank you for, you know, having me.
0: It's so cool. Like our story of meeting was, it's just, I kind of, I'm not even going to like say this, but I'm like, we got to have this guy on. This is just like funny. And I knew, you know, you told me a lot about yourself and we'd done that, but just the things you said, it just again, so many people are going to get helped by listening to you that I, I mean, I got helped. I'm going to hang up and call my rookie because I realized I screwed up the other day, you know, like, in a, in not, a a screw not a screw up. You're right. But like, I just did not a screw up. I just didn't do what I should have done quick enough. I didn't even think about doing it until you
1: said that. And I'm like, Oh, that makes sense. And I, I know
0: what he's going to say, like, yeah, I'm good, dude. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Oh, no, I see stuff like that. Yeah, know. I'm good. It's
1: good. It's good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I totally. But you know what, too? It's not doing it if I call him on the phone, too. It's not doing it in front of other people. You know what I yes. mean? And it's yeah. not even the, like, hey, come with me. Let's talk. Because the second you say that anywhere, especially in a firehouse, Someone notices, hey, what were you and him talking about alone? Why was the door shut? You know what Yo, I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Right? It's Absolutely. all these little things you don't even realize until you realize. It's
1: that. like the eighth grade locker room all over again, man. <laughs> it definitely is. But I think,
0: you know, we say that, but that's in every workplace. Like your wife works in a hospital. My wife works in sure. a hospital. Oh, it's yeah. the same crap there. Like easily. Yeah, you're what right. kind of you're a right. PIA is she? It's... Actually, my wife wanted me to ask you that. Oh, urology. You're all, Oh, okay. Well, at least you're good in that uh, world. If you ever need anything like that, like yeah,
1: oh yeah, I've already been taken care of. No more kids. <laughs>
0: smart man, very smart man on that one. So, said as we as we end, get to end the podcast, sort of. Luckily, not on that note, <laughs> on the neurology note in typical firefighter fashion okay. we have fun and joke but you ready for these 10 questions man
1: go for it man all right here we go i think i already know this
0: one but beach or mountains mountains all the way easy enough man you, you look you look a lot paler than i am so
1: oh yeah yeah i don't i, I get sunburned quick so
0: <laughs> go with the mountains night out or night in a night
1: in night in right. oh. a good book or a good movie that's tough i'll have to go in between and like a good docuseries a good docuseries i like that i'll go with that one
0: cross-country road trip who is your celebrity co-pilot
1: celebrity co-pilot it would probably have to so this is like total geek all right go ahead the guy's name is vincent rack and yellow Okay. And help me out, help the audience out and me. He hosts the This Week in Virology podcast. <laughs> Total geek move. Um they've been they've been doing uh virology podcasts before uh, I mean since 2008 I believe their first one was, but they really cranked up twit uh during COVID, so <laughs> no shit. Um i mean he's like one of the most brilliant minds so I'm gonna, to right mind. Mind. I'm gonna get right on that
0: man i'm gonna get right on that like i'm we're gonna stop i'm not even calling this kid i'm just gonna listen to that podcast now like
1: for a, it's it's so a awesome
0: i'm sure it is i'm sure it's so amazing yeah. watch i'm gonna say that to tracy and she's gonna be like oh i know that guy i've listened to that podcast. <laughs> do you make your bed every day no god no This answer is literally either like yes or God, no. Like there's no ever in between.
1: Oh, you're going to mess it up again anyways. Uh, I'll
0: give you a million dollars right now or you can go back to 18 and get a redo on what you've done. Which one are you taking? I would take the million. I like it. I, I would take I the change. million. I feel like the more, I thought this was going to be more of a complex question, Questions. but most people say they want the million because they can do so much good moving forward
1: than going back mm-hmm. and making changes. Well, and and, and the, the experiences that I've had, uh, you know, they made, they've made me who I am. Yeah, for sure. And allowed me to meet the people who I've met. So
0: four more, here we go.
1: Highways or back roads? Backroads,
0: bucket list place to visit.
1: That's tough. Um, I would probably say I want to go to Colombia or Bolivia. Okay. To go fly fishing for golden dorado.
0: Yes, more stuff I know nothing
1: about. <laughs> <laughs> They're massive fish. They're beautiful.
0: Most people would say they're going to Columbia for a different reason. So you go for a free flight and you're in. Probably safer that way to get through customs. But Absolutely. I would love a Golden Dorado. All right, two more. Football or
1: football? I'm a Bills fan. <laughs> sorry. I know.
0: Have you ever jumped through a table?
1: I've witnessed it, ha- uh, you know. I've seen people do it. Um, a lot it. of fist fights out there, too.
0: Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. It's, it's an interesting place to see a game.
1: Absolutely. All right, last one.
0: The best advice you could give to your younger self? Be kind to yourself. I like it. Nice, simple, and Be to the good. point. And the adding to yourself, that's the key, right? Because we're never kind to ourselves.
1: No, not at all. all
0: right, I think that that's a big one. So listen, Pip, <laughs> I feel like, so Finn occasionally goes by Pip to some of his friends in the lacrosse world, so I'll, I'll call him Pip, but it's very weird to be like, so listen, Pip, this has been amazing, man. I'm so happy we did this, and for one of my 2024 goals is that we physically meet in
1: person. Yes,
0: we have to. It's yeah. been way too long. It has <laughs> been, and we got to do this, but I can't thank you enough, you know, for coming on the show. Um, everyone, if you want to go check out some some fly fishing stuff, Instagram is probably the best place to do it, right?
1: Yes. Uh, yeah, that's my uh, real social media. The uh,
0: underscore, the underscore flying underscore pip. It'll be down below in the show notes if you're a fly fisher person or want to get into tying your own flies, I'm sure that pip can help you out. Um, I can help you out if you'd like to just kind of run your mouth and and talk on a podcast or something like that. (laughs) Thank you
1: so much, man.
0: No worries, man. You be safe out there. And I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening again um, and all the sponsors. and, And, you know, we're just going to keep this thing rocking and rolling here as we get to the end of 2023 and head into 2024. So for the Size Up by National Fire Radio, this has been Pip, because what you do off the job matters.
1: National Fire Radio.